Hey, thank you for joining me today on Hope for Heroes Texas. This is Brad Cornell, where we serve those who serve us as they carry the weight of the badge. It's gonna be a long one. Another graveyard show. Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Hope for Heroes Texas. Go to HopeForHeroesTexas.org. Check out our website. It's amazing what's going on. This is the Weight of the Badge podcast. And I'll tell you what I'm so excited. Of course, the Weight of the Badge podcast is based on George Strait's video, that uh, he, the song he and Bubba and Dean Dillon wrote. And it talks about the weight of the badge. And you've got to have that song. It's just amazing because our law enforcement first responders do so much for us. You know, I'm blessed to have some of the most incredible guests on. But I think today is a top shelf to the max. You know, he's, <clears throat> excuse me, folks, he's a former federal prosecutor, top advisor to to many officials. You know, he used to serve as chief of staff to Ted Cruz. He was uh, uh, staff director for Senator John Cornyn's leadership office and senior counsel. I mean, he is a first attorney general, assistant attorney general here in uh, under Ken Paxton. He serves in the Judiciary Veteran Affairs Committees. His district, now this is exciting because this is from South Texas, which got, that's why the Hope for Heroes started was because of what was going on in South Austin, through the Hill Country, which that's where we're at right here in Bernie, Texas, and then down to San Antonio. He spent numerous years outside of politics too, and that's what makes him so exciting also. Man, he's been in banking. He's been in oil and gas industry. You know, he brings all wealth of public and private sector experience. I mean, and he's he's about the sanctity of life. He's about supporting our men and women in military and, of course, in law enforcement. And I mean, he is one of the finest gentlemen you'll ever want to meet. And I am honored and blessed today to have on the program Congressman Chip Roy. How are you, sir? Well, it's just another great day to be alive in the great state of Texas. And I'm so honored to be a part of this and this conversation. Uh, uh, you know, just everything the law enforcement community does for us, we can never really truly repay what they do, especially with the assault that they have uh, been facing in these recent years. But uh, I'm just blessed and happy to be with you. Well, you know, I really appreciate it. Your integrity is amazing. You know, last year, I asked you to come to the uh, to our first gala. You did everything humanly possible, except you were stuck up in Washington, D.C., dealing with a bunch of Pelosi garbage. And uh, I just threw that in. Maybe you weren't, but I think you were. <laughs> and, um, but you know what? You had the integrity to send us a video that just lit up the whole place. And I want to thank you so much for that. And I hope this year you can be at our at our. Uh, gala here in Bernie, but I want to thank you for doing what you did and what you do for first responders and having you on today is a blessing because I know that you have, your family has a history in law enforcement. And I wanted just to kind of, you know, talk to you about that a little bit, how you, cause you're so much for our first responders. And I mean, I saw you on a, in a speech you did on the house about the 43 officers that were killed in 2020, uh, in 2020. And you took it to them, what the NBA was doing. It was one of the finest speeches. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't seen the, uh, what Chip Roy did on the floor of the Senate, it was fantastic. And I just want to say thank you so much for the horsepower that you have. So, well, everything I've got, you know, uh, an old talk radio host, you know, Rush Limbaugh used to say that it's talent on loan from God. And that's, that's all we've got. Right. And, and the God gives us certain blessings and that might be one of mine, but you know, the, the, the fact is, is that, you know, our, our, our first responders, but let's talk very specifically about our police officers, law enforcement personnel, whether they're on the streets in Austin, San Antonio, or New York city or LA, whether you're border patrol, whether you're FBI, ATF, the DEA, whatever you are. You're out there fighting the worst of the worst. And the people out here take for granted. I'm just going to be blunt. <clears throat> they take for granted the peace and the security and the safety that law enforcement provide by putting their life on the lines, by investigating, by prosecuting. 
And our duty is to stand next to you all. I mean, look, honestly, we have a duty ourselves as citizens to protect our communities. We choose to hire uh, honorable, good men and women to do that for us on the streets and, and, uh, and, and in our, all of our investigations and all of our you know, drug task forces and all the things that we do. But we've got to stand alongside them. And so I feel very strongly about that. Um, and, you know, that, that doesn't, it doesn't mean you do it blindly, right? We have honest conversations about policies. Um, but what it means is, is that you don't forsake the people that, uh, that are out there, you know, defending us. And, you know, you mentioned uh, my family's history. Now, you know, look, there are people who have, you know, they're like eighth generation police officers and stuff, right? I mean, you, you hear all these great stories. But I've got some stories in there. My great-great-grandfather was a Texas Ranger in Hayes, uh, Travis, and Blanco counties, and I'm proud to represent all three of those counties. And uh, my, uh, my grandfather was the chief of police of a small west Texas town called Sweetwater, out a little west of Abilene. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and my dad grew up around him being a cop. And unfortunately, he, he passed away from cancer when my dad was young and had polio. My grandmother then ran and was the first woman elected county clerk out there in Nolan County. So I had a family of public servants, a family that has served heavily in, in uh, the military. My dad couldn't because he had polio. But, but there's a, 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 a belief that we need to step up and serve. And so when I went to law school, I was proud to seek to work on the Senate Judiciary Committee on crime issues uh, and then be a federal prosecutor and first assistant attorney general so I could at least do my part to support law enforcement. And you've certainly done that. My gosh, you have definitely in Sweetwater, Texas, rattlesnake country. Holy mackerel. That's nuts up there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I stand back and watch other people do that, you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, how does that chip, you know, I mean, because having that, that background though, how's that shape your approach to, to the police and public now? I mean, it's got to shape the way that you're so strong for our first responders. Yeah, I mean, it certainly does. And and probably most recently, right, when I was in the United States Attorney's Office working with law enforcement, we worked with local law enforcement. I did primarily gun and drug prosecutions. Uh, so I was dealing with some of the worst elements, uh, you know, kind of moving up the I-35 corridor into Dallas and up 75 heading north up into Oklahoma. And, <clears throat> you know, uh, I got to know so many law enforcement personnel, so many cops and so many, uh, you know, DE agents and ATF agents. And what they do every day and all the stuff they go through and how much they love their state and love their communities. Uh, and, and, and obviously, when I was the first assistant attorney general, there's an entire law enforcement division. Uh, it was headed up by a guy named David Maxwell, who was a lifetime, uh, you know, he worked, I think, 25, 30 years as a Texas Ranger. And then he ended up over there running the uh, law enforcement division at the AG's office. And, you know, David, I don't know if you know this, David actually solved his own sister's murder. Uh, like some, I think 30 years after it happened, it was one of those cold case stories. If you, if you Google it, it's a great story, but you know, that's, that's that kind of a story, right? The people that are dedicated to seek the truth. Now he was motivated because that was his sister, but, but you know, you know, you know, the law enforcement personnel, mm -hmm. yes. they're all motivated as if everybody is their sister, as if everybody is their brother. They want to go try to get the bad guys. And, uh, so I've, I feel a sort of kinship with them. And I, like I said, I mean, I always say this. It's not a blank check. It doesn't come with me just blindly saying, oh, whatever cops say, I do. But it means that I'm always going to listen and I'm always going to focus on what we need to do to secure our communities and, and back those 
folks who are doing it for us. And that's a big thing. If you said, if you look at Austin, when they, that's how I started was the defunding. When they defunded the 150 million and Black Lives Matter took over and all these guys have a friend up there as a SWAT. And I asked him, you know, what's going on up there? He says, man, we have no hope. I mean, this is crazy. We can't believe it, you know? And that's where I started Hope for Heroes because there are heroes. And so you've seen, you've seen it firsthand what's going on up there. Well, and let's just, let's be very clear and blunt right now, like a little truth. What that. is happening right now is unconscionable, okay? Yes. We are endangering our own people. We are making our streets and our communities less safe. We are empowering the worst elements of our society. We are undermining law enforcement on a daily basis at the uh, community, state, and federal level. You've got massive elected office holders in Washington disparaging law enforcement on a daily basis. You have cities like the Austin City Council either defunding cops or doing everything they can to basically backdoor defund cops. To go, oh, don't worry, you got your funding back. Bull. No. You don't get right. your funding back. They go stick the funding in all sorts of other little community programs and other stuff, not the dollars needed to ensure cops have the training and the force to do their job. And right now, Austin APD is outmanned and outgunned and they don't have the backing of the city council. And, you know, look, I think the state of Texas in the next legislative session has got to step in and say, look, Austin, you're the, you're the state's capital. You're not going to do this. Now that's a whole nother conversation for another podcast, but I'll just say this in, in, in DC, we are at, at well over a carjacking a day in the nation's capital right now, the data for 2022 you're over a carjacking a day. Of course, they're going around and policing vaccine cars. I was on Fox the other night, and I said it's they're making it harder to get a burger in our nation's capital than to get carjacked. I saw that. And, I saw your interview. That you know, was good. But, you know, but that's that. But you know, it's it's a sad joke, right? I mean, because that's what's happening, and you see it. And and uh, you know, uh, Bear County, right? We had to fight to win that uh, 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 referendum yeah. Yeah. last year by about three percentage points, I think, if I remember right. It was slim. And yeah, it was real slim, and it would have defunded the uh, police union. Now, look, I've said publicly, if you crazy leftists in the city council in Austin or San Antonio or wherever it is, you want to defund all unions, all right, why don't you just come saddle up to the table? You, they never listen to that. Now, of course, I don't want to defund the police union, but I'm just saying, you guys want to defund the cops union because you want to target cops. And I try to call them out on it. They're not going to defund all their, you know, government employee unions and all of their, you know, uh, teachers unions and everything else. But but they want to go after cops and we've got to stand with our cops. Well, it's pretty obvious. They tried this, you know, someone, the guy that they had as a, uh, you know, let's just go do counseling. Let's put some counselors out there. So call 911 and a counselor comes to your house. Well, they tried that in Chicago and he, what, he was just killed a couple of days ago. Right. I mean, it's, it, excuse me, and, and I know you do the same, and you way do it probably, I'm sure, more than I, but I ride with our officers and see what they do in a day. And you talk about amazing from a from a wreck to a speeding ticket to a little baby falling on her head to a to calling some guy off the off the ledge to I mean we don't they don't have any idea some of these people what this, these officers do on a daily basis. You you talk about the training is unbelievable. And so and you know as well as anybody. And so what you're doing to try to, you know, to what I love about you, I, I love your boldness because that's what I'm all about is we need to be bold. We need to take it to them. And you're right. These officers, of course, they're just humans. They're people doing an incredible job. And there's going to be some bad things happen that and I don't know what I would do. I'm, I'm too busy running out when they're running in. So I just love them to death. <laughs> but, you well, know, 
you know, God bless you for creating an organization like that. Um, you know, look, and, and everybody out there listening to this, not every organization out there um, is using the resources that it's raising or the dollars or the, or the things that it, it gets for, for the cause as effectively as, as necessarily should. And, you know, look, Hope for Heroes is doing a great job pulling people together, giving them a night of celebration, giving them a time of celebration, giving them the ability to, to uh, know that people love them. You know, this isn't just some sort of, you know, you, there are a lot of things out there that are boondoggles, and this isn't one of them. And, uh, you know, we should be mindful of that. But, you know, Hope for Heroes should be a daily thing, right? Exactly, yes. You know, I remember, in fact, I'm probably a little remiss in, in, in making my rounds to go see my law enforcement friends just because I get busy in D.C. And so I'm going to tell my staff when I get off this phone call, let's go, let's go saddle up and go around and, and see all our law enforcement friends. Because, you know, during the pandemic uh, shutdown in 2020, when everything was just dead there for, you know, eight, 12 weeks, um, you know, we couldn't really go see many people, but we went around and saw, we took tacos to every one of the sheriff's offices and police departments. We went around the district and, and go have breakfast with them, you know, like in a parking lot out in the air. And, yeah. you know, of course all the cops were like, whatever, man, you know, <laughs> going to get it, get it. I don't know. But, you know, uh, we we go follow all the protocols and go meet out in a parking lot and, you know, uh, pass around coffee and tacos. Well, I bring that up because, you know, every time I see a police officer, I, tr- I, I try to remember to thank them. When I walk around Capitol Hill and I, I see a, a Capitol Hill police officer, every time I walk off the house floor and down the steps, and there's, you know, usually two outside of the chamber, two or three on the steps, a couple around the corner. You know, I just I said, thank you for what y'all are doing. I mean, you know, we appreciate it. And, uh, and, and all y'all out there listening, you should do the same thing. You see a cop out there in the front of your school, thank that cop. Thank them. Uh, thank their families. What we do is when I do the the Hope for Heroes, I go through the town. I did this morning. I will tomorrow because we have officers coming this weekend. And I have people just, I don't know who they are, just at a black rifle. Hey, would you mind filling a thank you card out for our officers? And what I do is in a gift basket upstairs that they don't see till they get upstairs. This beautiful gift basket with some, with the, uh, you know, there's a, a police officer Bible in it. And there's a, a daily devotional, just some neat things because they're called to do what they do. But I have all these thank you cards and I don't know what people write, but on Saturday night, I get emails from these guys and their wives mostly saying, who are you people? Thank you. Just 25 or 30 thank you cards. And I don't know what everybody writes, but we just say thank you. And that's a big deal. And so I, and one thing I like about you, Chip, is you're not out there for a photo op. When you say I'm going out to meet our officer staff, let's go. It's not just so you get a photo op like so many politicians do. Just to be, you're, you're you're in the trenches with them, and that's why I think it's so important. Your background, uh, your family's background, being law enforcement is kind of in your DNA. Um, let me ask you a question though about you know there's so much going on, and we're, we've been you know talking a lot about that about the mental health situation. I mean, you can't see what these guys see and just say, suck it up and go to work. Are you, are you proposing or are you talking about any of the mental health that we need to do for these men and women that are out there seeing stuff? I, you just can't erase. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a good question. And we've been having these kind of conversations, um, on the Hill, of course, everything up there, it's, 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 Oh, uh, you know, see a problem, write a big check. And, uh, you know, we got to have a conversation about what we're doing, uh, that's forced that that's causing a lot of this problem, right? right? The underfunding of police in the first place, uh, the fact that they're outmanned outgunned and we need to focus on that heavily, but yeah, we need to, we need to particularly at the state and local level, figure out ways that we can, we can, uh, improve mental health for our police officers, but also like our entire community, right? I mean, 
we've got a we've got a uh epidemic or pandemic or whatever you want to call it of mental health problems uh percolating right now among our first responders because they've been under attack brutally for the last you know 10 years it seems like plus and and fevers pitched the last couple of years since the summer of 2020 and we've had a massive problem for our kids in schools um who have been forced to wear masks uh forced to miss school not socialize and be around their peers uh a lot of uh, americans generally who have been sitting in their apartments or houses not going out and socializing not going to church uh, we've been breaking down the social bonds i mean look Bars are a dangerous place if you drink too much, but bars and restaurants are those places where we come together in communities to socialize, to interact, right. blow off a little steam, and we've been shutting those down, right? So all this stuff builds up, and it builds up all the more in our law enforcement officers, our first responders who are out there seeing the worst of the worst, you know, and 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 they see their own you know, getting killed. I, I'm, I'm reminded that just, what I think two days ago, uh, DPS, uh, trooper, uh, you know, was killed. Oh yeah. Uh, the border, in, the South down, oh. down at the border. South. Exactly. And, um, you know, we, we take for granted, uh, what's, what's actually happening every day with these folks going out and putting their lives on the line, but they see it, right. They, they lost a brother. I went to a, I went to a, a, a ceremony, for uh, officers in Hayes County that were killed, uh, not, uh, you know, I guess probably a little over a year ago, we went out to the park and had a ceremony and celebrated their lives and uh, the life of, of uh, his partner who survived, but mad that partner, right? And his mental health. And you could tell he was still hurting. Yes. And, um, you know, that's, that's a thing that we've got to be mindful of. And uh, I think we need to, to, to look, the best thing we can do to help the mental health of cops is show that we damn well appreciate them. That's exactly and, right. And, and that's that's to thank them, that's to do all the work, but that's to force the state of Texas, the city of Austin, the county you live in, force them, force them to fund our police. It is a shameful that that uh, referendum went down in Austin, Texas in November that would have forced better funding for our cops, that only 30% of the, of the voters showed up for that. We need to go back to the well and we need to force the city council to do the right thing. And it's scary. You know, the words out that, you know, who wants to come to Austin visiting? I mean, it hurts all of the businesses. You know, I'll tell you, this broke my heart. 110,000 restaurants went out of business during the pandemic. How many families are out there that built these beautiful businesses, incredible restaurants, you write bars, whatever. You do too much of anything. It's not good. God tells you that. So having a cocktail is not a bad thing, but you're right. We need that interaction with each other. And I love your voice out there as you tell people about what they need to, you know, we need to pay attention to. So much is just awareness, Chip. I mean, I can't believe sometimes people like to just sit in their house and watch a guacamole turn black instead of getting out there and doing something positive and exciting, like, and having you as our representative. Now, you're up for election this year? This I am, year? yeah. It's every two years. Every I've got a primary years. here in a couple of weeks. So, yeah, appreciate everybody getting out and voting. Oh, yeah, ladies somewhere. and gentlemen. Yeah. You, well, so. yeah, we need to be pushing this big time, yes. And, uh, yeah, we definitely don't want you to go anywhere, Chip. I mean, you're a blessing beyond imagination. And what you do for our first responders, I mean, that's – I listened to you do a, a talk over at uh, – here in Bernie over at the park, and uh, you were fabulous. And you were so easy. It, what I, what's so great about you is you're approachable, and people can talk to you. And um, and that's a big well, deal. And, well, you're kind. It's I, I view, it's my job. Um, and, and, and I represent, and I can't possibly talk to all 
roughly 750,000 people that I represent, but I can sure try and I can sure get out in the community and I can sure, you know, when we're, when I was there in that park, you're talking about, um, I was standing next to, a uh, one of the stones in the park that had the face mm-hmm. of a, uh, uh, one of our military heroes. And I'm blanking on his name, dang it. Cause I was a year ago, but who was killed. And I didn't know I was literally standing next to his parents at that moment. Um, looking at his face on the stone with his parents standing right next to it. Now, of course, I figured that out. Somebody pointed to it, but that's my point that this is our community, right? That when you're there, you're with somebody touched by that. And, and whether you're a member of Congress or whether you're, you're an officer or whether you're, you're just going about your job as an accountant or a teacher, um, you know, all of this is our community and we, we get caught up in focusing on DC and focusing on all the news stories, focusing on what President Biden said or President Trump said or what, you know, it's all shiny, okay? Yeah. It's all distractions. Uh, it's just people just go, look, you know, squirrel. What matters is on is, is down the street. The veteran who lives down the street who's hurting. The cop who's trying to secure your community and is struggling. Um, you know, the, the teacher who's trying to figure out how to teach kids with all of these crazy rules. Um, you know, go to church, go to your community groups, go get out in the community, engage, interact, don't live in fear. That's like right. We have a, we, you know, fear the Lord and, and then get busy living, you right. know, and that's, that's the way to do it. You're absolutely right. God can't steer a parked car. I mean, we, we got to get out there and do some things. And, that, and I think the, the, the key, uh, the key thing you just said is you're, a, you're a representative. You can't meet everybody, but you represent us well. And that's what we, that's why we need you out there. We need your support. This is not, I'm not a political, uh, a program, but it's just that, Hey, it's, you know, we talk about the weight of the badge and I always say, you know, Chip, when it's just, you know, we, we, as a public, we have the weight of the badge. Mom falls, hits your head on a, on, in the, your house and starts bleeding. And you call nine one one, you got the weight of the badge on you until it, that siren, and those guys come around that corner and whoo, thank you, Lord. They're here. Well, <sighs> look, 162 you know? line of duty officer deaths in 2021. Wow. Great. 10 so far for 2022. Yes. That's nationwide. Yes, but but remember that the that the the uh, representative from the District of Columbia, she's a non-voting representative, Eleanor Holmes Norton. Remember that she was out there and she was a part of all the BLM stuff and going after cops and how we need to defund cops and undermine cops. And remember that in the middle of all that, okay, when they're going after cops and they're 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 pulling back on funding for cops, she was standing up where they were building the. BLM Plaza up just there north of the White House. And all of a sudden, some crazy, this is on video, some crazy guy comes running at her. And he was, she didn't, he didn't do anything to her, but he kind of scared her. He was just kind of a crazy wild guy. And she, you can hear her on the video go, Where are the cops? Where are the cops? <laughs> yeah, I mean, really? you kind of going, right, Like, that's, that's it right there. Where are the cops? Well, the cops are going to be where we empower them to be, nothing more, nothing less. And frankly, I'll say it even more. They're going to be as they're going to be as far as they can go with what little we give them or what little we back them. They'll do the extra mile, but there's a limit. And these guys are undermining our law enforcement personnel. And I, again, this is about them and not being too political. But let's just be clear about what's happening right now. That's exactly our law enforcement right. officers are under attack, and we need to stand with. Well, I want to thank you, Chip. I know you're busy. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on Hope for Heroes and, the, and this uh, this podcast, The Weight of the Badge. You carry a lot of that weight for us as you're out there, and we're praying for you. We thank you, Chip, that you've uh, 
You've stepped up to the plate, and we want you for another term, of course. Thank you for being a friend of Hope for Heroes Texas and the Weight of the Badge a podcast. Man, you're a special guy. So I just want to say thank you so much, and uh, I look forward to seeing you soon. And God bless you with if, for everything you're out there doing and your family as well. Well, I'm just blessed to have been included. Thank you so much for all you're doing. Uh, I look forward to seeing y'all. I hope it doesn't get blown up, but uh, I'll, I'll be there. Uh, if, if, if nothing you know blocks me from doing it, and um, you count me in for, for full support. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you, Chip. Thank you. Have a blessed day. You too. No, hey, so glad you joined me today. Now, you're going to want to follow us because we've got some upcoming episodes that you're not going to want to miss. See you then. Oh, the bad.